Welcome to the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. We are excited to have Dr. Doug Searcy, President of Barton College, as our guest. I want to start with your journey. You know, I always like to start with who you, who are your mentors, because that kind of starts getting us into just, you know, your your walk and what led you to the presidency. Right. Well, you know, I, it's it's funny. We all have had people in our past which uh, which motivate us and move us forward. And, and some of them I will call mentors there, but they fall at different in different uh, places and in my relationships with them. And so as I kind of track back, I think back um, and, and probably most recently to Dr. Jerry McGee, who's the uh, former president at Wingate uh, University. And I worked for him for six years. And uh, to me, he was just the model president of how you should engage a community and then be forward thinking with a vision, but also uh, personal and engaging. And so I've always appreciated Dr. McGee. He, he challenged me in some ways that helped me think about how I might want to lead and, and, do, and do, do this job. Um, Judy Host is a friend of mine, and I'll call her a friend as much as a mentor. She and I worked together at Appalachian State. This has been, you know, 25 years ago, and I was a young, new professional, and she was only a few years ahead of me. But I'll never forget just the way that she helped me understand higher education and student service. I, I came to, the, I arrived at the presidency from uh, the student life side and um, knowing how to serve students, knowing student development and how to engage students one-on-one in a very personal and real way was something she modeled for me. And I hopefully learned it well because it certainly has, has been something that I've needed throughout, throughout my entire career. I'll mention one other person, well, maybe a couple, Dr. German DeSasa was a faculty member of mine at the University of South Carolina. And I, we took a number of classes under Dr. DeSasa. He had a quote. He said, when the elephants fight, that the grass suffers. I think it's a, it's a proverb that, that, that he shared. And I've, I've, I've lived, hopefully I've lived that a little bit. I've been in leadership positions. And, the, you know, the times that leaders uh, can't get along or can't think of a common vision, the people that we serve are the ones who suffer. And so, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always thinking about, hopefully how we do things well with constituencies around us. And Dr. DeSasso was someone who, who planted that. You know, I can mention professional people in, throughout my whole life, but I, I'll, I'll fit in by saying uh, I've been blessed by a, uh, a great family. And my current family, my wife, is a challenge to me uh, and, and a love and a support to me every day. She's one of those people that helps me be a better person, and I'm grateful for her. My parents, uh, what wonderful people who led godly Christian lives. And is the, I would say the perfect example of challenge and support. Uh, uh, but love was always at the center of it. And so um, mentors, guides, whatever you want to call them, I've been blessed to be propped up by a lot of people who've, uh, who've pushed me forward and supported me in the process. So I, I have to ask a question around, and we'll switch gears here just quickly, but you know, your philanthropic efforts and your fundraising efforts um, at Barton, I know that in part through your efforts, you, you were able to achieve the single largest gift in the school's history. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So talk to me about, so how do, how do you do that? How do you fundraise successfully? Is it telling a story? Is it asking for the money? How, what does that look like? <laughs> you know, it's, it takes all of those factors, I think. And, and they're really two gifts that I'll, and I'll just, I'll, I'll generically mention both of them. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's built primarily on purpose. You know, you, you can tell a good story and you can have a great institution and, and, and do some wonderful things. But unless it connects directly to either the organization or the person that that 
that you'd like to engage in a partnership, uh, then it's less, it's much less meaningful. And at the times that I have had the greatest success in one particular ask, I, I can recall uh, the person that we engaged um, loved this place and knew the work that we were doing made a difference. And, and that by giving us a resource, they weren't just providing a, 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 a monetary gift. They were providing an emotional gift and a powerful tool that we could change the lives of young men and women and, uh, and, and continuing and, and older adults and students. So we, um, you know, I appreciate the idea related to fundraising, but it's more relationship building and, and, and finding mutual purpose. You know, it's not, it, it feels hard and it is hard because you have to do a lot of work. But at the end of the day, when it matches up well with people who care about an institution, it feels easy and it's so gratifying. Gratifying for the end game, for what it means to the, to the, to the college, but also gratifying for the person who's giving the gift. And so as, as far as, uh, you know, being the leader of a faith-based, you know, smaller tuition dependent institution, what do you see as, as your role and what are your goals around that? You know, it's, that's that's an interesting question. I think I still I think I still try to figure out how to answer that every every day. <laughs> um, yeah, the the role of the president, the office, the office here that I'm in, the office of the president is symbolic in lots of ways, and it and it certainly sets the tone for the institution. And in ways, I as an individual embody some of the the, the key values and critical issue uh, critical um, movement of the college. And so in that in that way, I mean, I want to lead well, right? And and leadership is probably the critical factor in. And, and what I want to do is, is, is as far as moving the institution, but it's, it's symbolic, but it's, but it's also very, very practical. I'm also not, I'm not just the president of the organization and, and leading through symbols symbolically, but I'm also a functional president that I uh, was required to be the CEO of an organization, a multi-million dollar organization. And uh, the numbers have to match and they have to work. And so, you know, each day we dig in to make sure that we're using our resources well, that we're providing an excellent curriculum and that value is a part of our process that make sure that make sure that our students, you know, are nodding uh, nodding at us to say, yeah, we we're, we are appreciative of the product that we're that we're we're putting out for them, and that they're they're getting that resource and 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 doing well with it. Um, I don't think there's one pathway, and I think everybody brings who you know brings themselves to the table, and so I'm going to do it differently than Brad. You would, or that you know, four or five of, of my other colleagues here in Eastern North Carolina and North Carolina in general, in the way they would they would lead, but. Um, I think I'll, I'll end with this. I feel like there's a pretty uh, good match, great match between Barton College and, and, and who this institu institution is, the spirit of Barton and, and in what I believe. And, and the faith component of that is really important. And I am, man, I'm by far perfect. Not, not, not the example there, right? I do everything I can to continue to do well as we all should strive to do that. But I think it's that constant pursuit of trying to be better. And, you know, through, the, through, the, through every point of leadership, and then every functional avenue that we take as an institution that I want to be in front to continue to help move the college forward and do it in a way that's authentic, uh, that loves people and realizes that we've got a great thing going on here and we can, we can change people's lives by the work that we do. Well, and you, and, and Barton has continued to grow and thrive and, you know, how are you able to do that? In such a competitive marketplace. I mean, there's so many institutions out there, everybody competing for students. How did, how do you do that? Why, why Barton? Well, Brad, I'm not sure if this is where I share all the institutional 
uh, enrollment secrets. I, I, don't know <laughs> I, I don't know that I can do that. It's going to be published, but um, and, and I, I only joke when I say that we're all in this together. And, and, and the goal for, you know, uh, private higher education for Christian higher education is to educate as many people as, as we can. So I love sharing ideas and gathering as many from others as I can, but, but we've been, we've been in a great spot at, at, uh, at Barton. We've been, our, our momentum has been positive. We've continued to, and you said grow. I arrived here seven years ago. And in the past five years, we've had significant growth. And, you know, um, and every year, even through the pandemic, uh, every year we've continued to grow. And it's in the undergraduate uh, proposition, it's in master's programming and in total student enrollment. And so I'm just really grateful for the work of our team. How, how do you do it? You know, you, you, you have to focus on the details as much. Um, you have to think about what students need. I mean, when we look at our region and, and, the, and the people we serve, what is it that Barton does better than anybody else? And how do we maximize that gift to the people who are, are willing to be a part of our community to, to pay for it and, and then to graduate? And, um, you know, I think that we do that well. We look at our, our, our programs and we're maximizing nursing and, and business and uh, exercise science, uh, education. And these are programs that our community is hungry for and that uh, society requires. Um, we need great teachers. We need ethical and innovative business leaders. We need um, you know, critically prepared and wonderfully prepared nurses. And because of that, we want to maximize our relationship to the student and make sure they stick because being a student isn't easy, isn't e easy either, right? And so this place, Spartan, uh, provides wonderful support for students and really thinks about retention and moves a student from the beginning to the end and does so in a way that's relational. And uh, I think that has something to do with our growth. Mm -hmm. um, we talk a lot about our faculty and what they do in the classroom. And there's a, a, an intellectual thought of, you know, it's, it's the discipline and it's how they lead and how they teach in the classroom. But that's only half of the equation for what we do and, and what we do well. It's our faculty's relationship with students that makes the total difference. And I'm so proud of our faculty. They are the best at what they do. I've, I've worked at in about seven different institutions. And in this case, I won't name them, but I'm most proud and pleased with the distinctive work of our faculty. They do a fantastic job. And, and when you've got, you've got a great product, quite frankly, it attracts people. And our students see quality and they've, they've enjoyed this community and, and what, it's, what it's given to them. Is it, is it hard to recruit the best faculty? You know, again, I think that kind of goes, you know, it kind of goes with the competitive side of, hey, competing for students. Right. Well, you're competing for faculty, too. So how, how difficult is that? Well, it, it, you're, you're asking a great question. And all of my peers, I'm sure, would say it's, it's difficult. And, but, you know, I think each institution has a persona, and Barton does. And we attract a, a certain faculty member who, who gets what we do. And um, I don't know, I mean, there are certain institutions that, um, that larger in size, maybe research-based, and that's the, that's the primary push of the faculty and or staff. I'll, I'll include staff in this dialogue that, um, that, that's, that has a different um, professional benefit for them. And we do research. Matter of fact, we have some wonderful opportunities for all of our students to experience undergraduate research that helps them to get into master's programming, programming either here at our own institution or at others. So that's critical. Research is important, but teaching is critical for Barbara. 
And I mentioned it in a, in a moment ago. I think that when students arrive on our campus, they see the facilities, it's a beautiful place. It's just, it's comforting to walk across our campus. But what's, what's better is when they go through an admissions open house and they spend time with our faculty and they see how faculty care, how, how sharp they are, how in, in discipline um, aware and how they much are, 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 are how, how aware they are of their, of their um, discipline and their teaching. And, and they want to be a part of that. And so, um, yeah, it's hard to attract faculty. I won't, I won't be Pollyanna and say that, that, that that's easy. Um, we have to pay them well. We have to try to continue to do better than that in this market. It's competitive. And so um, pricing and cost are always challenges. Um, but we've you know, we just completed a, a salary compensation study. And in the past 12 months, eight, eight to 12 months, have made some really uh, bold choices to fund roles at a higher level than they have been. And I believe that we send a critical message of value to those people who work at our institution. We're not perfect. We're still getting better, but I'm proud of our, our, our efforts and think it me, think it means, I think it means a lot uh, to our faculty and staff. So how, how important are local relationships and how have, you, how have you been able to build local relationships and business relationships in the community? Yeah, there's, um, when I arrived here in Wilson, uh, you, you just heard a, a phrase that float, float around. What's what's good for Barton is good for Wilson, and what's good for Wilson is good for Barton. There's this this common uh, focus of growth and being progressive and meeting our community's needs. That just provides a great synergy for for Wilson, North Carolina, and then I said Wilson, and, and I'll take it and stretch it even beyond that into Eastern North Carolina and into our state. That um, that when we serve when we serve well, we help the community in which we live. And so um, relationships, I mean, the, the county and city managers are partners and friends with the college. Our board is uh, both local, regional, and national. And in all of those relationships, we have partners that, that can help encourage and support our work. And um, the school system is, is another great uh, example. We meet with the leadership of the schools. We are, uh, occasionally have social events. We've invited uh, principals and others to be on our campus and to do uh, to do things with our students, with our faculty, that's always an encouraging uh, factor for them. Um, our healthcare system, you know, we have partnerships with uh, local hospitals and other uh, the health department who continue to support our campus. And so uh, these people that I've just named, you know, the municipality, the education, the healthcare and, and business and industry, I can't, can't leave that out. All four of those components, they live here, right? And they want the very best for their community and they recognize that uh, a vibrant community is aided and supported by a great um, higher education. And we have a strong community college. We're so pleased with the relationship we have there. But as the four-year entity in this space, they know that it's our job to stand up and to provide great services and, and education for this space. And I think that's a, that's a marker of a, of a strong institution and one that we're really proud of. You know, and when you look at, you know, when you look at the building strategies around um, around diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what many presidents have told me is diversity isn't anything without inclusion and belonging. Mm -hmm. Can you expand on that and how Barton College really embraces that? Yeah, don't, don't, we, don't we all, and you and I are talking here, but don't, don't, don't we all feel like we perform better when we're at ease? And oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and so and I think, I think um, there's the matter of mission to that, but it's also just a really practical matter that if there's a student sitting in a classroom 
and he or she feels like the space cares for their who they are and um, and lifts them up, they're going to be a better student. So I think it's a real functional issue of, uh, of belonging. We have um, something we call uh, the Barton Experience, and it's a five component uh, part. And, and but it says that we work together and we uh, we learn together. And it talks about these issues. It's, uh, there's another statement that says you are you are home, and all of these uh, pieces of the of the Barton Experience suggest that it's the individual who lives in this community that has a relationship with their their friends and their and their classmates and then the faculty. And because of that it helps us to learn better. And that's what it's all about. Um, I also would say, and as it comes to an issue of education and diversity, uh, and if, if you've got one pathway to a right answer, you're barking up the wrong tree mm -hmm. because uh, there are more, multiple ways to come at learning. There's multiple ways to come at an idea. And the more diverse a classroom is, the more diverse a community is, the more different angles that you come at a, a critical issue, uh, or theory, um, a learning topic, the better off that classroom environment is going to be. I have learned more from my failures and, and from divergent points of view than I have from just cruising along with one, one expected uh, or, or expected idea. Um, so how do you define student success? Yeah. You put that in a bottle. <laughs> Uh, you know, there, there, there are things you would expect, right? And, and, and ultimately for anybody in higher, higher education, uh, a diploma is one way to measure success, right? It's an entry, you have an entry point through matriculation and then an experience. And the goal is, is to graduate. There's so much that happens before that point of graduation. And uh, I think that's in where the, the nuance of student success really uh, really is, is, is important. So, um, you know, again, I, I mentioned that I can I arrived to this position from the student life side and I, and we did my, a lot of my training and development was in student growth and learning. And you see a pathway that students take from where they enter and, and, you know, they've, the experiences they had before would suggest that maybe their, their parents and then their other teachers they had that were the experts. And, and then as they enter here, they realize there's a lot of difference and that they learn more by gain, gaining other opinions and other ideas. And then they start to become more of an expert. They start to own, own their own, own development and their own, own ideas. And um, you know, I just think that's a beautiful example of how people grow and develop and how um, we start to create a, a strong citizenship, right? Uh, citizens that once they graduate from Martin, experience life out in the community from Raleigh to Atlanta to LA, that they participate because of what they've learned in a four-year community. Uh, student success is not just getting a job, getting a, um, a diploma, and then it's not just getting a job. It's being able to meaningfully interact in those environments. It's being able to ask good questions. It's being human and loving people and caring for those who need help and uh, making contributions and um, contributing, right? I mean, there's so many you know, people could, the people experience worldly or, or outside success by they made a lot of money or doing something specific, but it's, it's that deeper factor of uh, making, making this world a better place. And I think, um, I think higher education does that well. I think that's a distinctive factor that um, you can't find in just any type of life, life transition. I think we do that really well here at this place. 
And I think it's a core element of, of student success. Um, let me back through that one more time. Graduation's good, right? Learning while you do it is critical. But developing as a person is, is probably one of the greatest tools and, and successes I think that we can experience as an institution. When I think, you know, what you just described not only helps prepare a student to be prepared and ready for their career, but, but for life. Yeah. And, and family, right? Yeah. You, you talk about partners for the future and, and whoever an individual may choose to spend or not spend their life with someone, the skills that you can learn in a space like this, a community like this will help you to, to be successful in that space. Um, yeah. I mean, I've also heard this, I've heard that, uh, an education, what you learn in the classroom can help you to get a job, your degree, right? But the emotional intelligence, the student success, the learning that we're talking about, that's what helps you keep a job and to, and to be promoted within it. Well, and I'll tell you, I hear more and more presidents talk about the importance of soft skills. You know, I think, I, I think when you hear salesman or saleswoman, Sometimes that gets kind of a negative rap, but oftentimes, and, it's, and I, I do feel like more and more often, I do hear, you know, presidents and, and institutions, you know, it's about embracing relationships. And, yeah. you know, and you had even mentioned the, the career of a student and faculty and yourself is, is part in classroom, is part being an administrator, but it's also, now it's outside the classroom, building relationships with students. It's funny, haven't we, haven't we learned a lot of this through, through COVID? And I don't, I don't want to bring COVID up in. We're trying to kind of move away from it to some degree. But there have been so many people who've, who've shifted in careers simply because it's not good for them, for their, their personal health, their mental well-being. And that there is and should be a really healthy balance between contributing in the work environment and living a fulfilling life outside of that. And again, I think that's a distinctive thing that, that this community um, does well. And we, we talk about some of those things and granted the world hasn't all, we don't have it all figured out yet, but I'm, uh, I'm grateful that we're all moving in that direction. Well, and, and maybe we can take a few minutes talking about affordability and, and I will, I will mention that because, you know, when, when you look at the headlines, you know, in major national papers in particular, it, it's, it's my estimation that oftentimes these articles cover R1 flagship state schools, potentially very large private institutions. But they, in many cases, they don't speak to private, faith-based, smaller institutions that have so much to offer. Um, but again, maybe under the radar a little bit. So can you talk to us? And, and I tie that all together to say, you know, you hear a lot about student debt and what that means and the affordability and the value of education. Can you talk about the affordability and accessibility and really what that means at Bart College? Right. Well, it, it has to be affordable, right? And for the, the end user, for the student, for their families, um, and a lot of, we know families who have saved an entire life to be at this point so that their student can experience a, you know, a better future because of a, an education that they receive. And, and there's truth and research suggests if you graduate with a four-year degree, you can make um, significantly more over some some say over a million dollars more over a course of a lifetime based on that, that degree. Um, so, but at the same time, there, there is a point of diminishing returns, right? And at what uh, level is it affordable for your constituency at your respective institution? And, um, you know, inflation and other issues continue to drive prices up. We, we believe that, that we want to price ourselves in a way and, and, and scholarship in a way that, that makes sure that students see value. 
and that we price ourselves competitively in a, in a way that um, the people that, that, that I'm trying to serve, that, and that we in this community are trying to serve, have access to the degree. Um, I, I want a student to graduate from our college and to turn around and look back when they're walking across the stage and say it was worth it, All right? It was worth it. I paid, we paid X for it, and here's what I'm walking away with, just what I've learned, and, and, and I think that's, that's critical. There's a pivot to this, Brad, that I think is really, really important. And, it, and some ask the question, the prices are going up. And, and then we think about subsidies and, and through the state and local and federal, through, through scholarshiping and through the donor support that we have. And we want, it to, we want to continue to push the issue of affordability. What if we didn't do that, right? I mean, that's, that's a critical question for higher education. What if we backed out of this space and, um, and didn't provide all the services or didn't provide some of the things that were critical, we believe, at this place to student learning and growth? And I think it would change the product. I think it would change it would change our mission to some degree, but also it might it might change those who would enter in our door. And and you know, higher education is not just for those who have the money to do it. it shouldn't be. We should be looking to our entire uh, world beyond us. That if you are able to to enter into college and to do the work, that we'd love for you to have access to that. So um, I don't want college to just be for the elite, right? It needs to be for those who are willing to work hard. To, to contribute and, and that will pay a reasonable price for a product that is, I think, um, exception, um, exponentially uh, meaningful to their, to their, to their life. Uh, it's not easy. And there's not yet that I've seen a magic formula. And it's, uh, it's, it's one that we work on every day from the enrollment process to the, the expense process of what we what we charge and what we, we are required to charge as it relates to all of our facilities, our paying our faculty and staff well, um, and then trying to find that, that balance and to do it in a way that continues to support those entering uh, as students. You know, I'm, I'm always, um, I don't know if I'm su surprised, I guess I'm always um, impressed <clears throat> at the resiliency of schools like Barton College. I mean, you've been, you were established in 1902. You know, so, I mean, you know, 120 years um, as an institution. And so I bring that up because, you know, you hear about the enrollment cliff. You hear about, you know, it's going to, you know, certain institutions are going to close or going to have to change their ways or merge or acquire. But I, my take is, I mean, you have been around for 120 years for a reason. <laughs> and you've been through not just one cliff, multiple cliffs. You've also been through wars. You've been through COVID. Can you talk a little bit about the resiliency of the institution? Right. Well, and, and we've talked a lot about the spirit of the place, and I believe it's persisted through uh, great people over the years, great leadership and faculty and staff who've put students first. And, and I could almost draw a line there and, um, and have, have made it work. Um, you know, Barton, I think we've, I think we've continued to get stronger, quite frankly, even during COVID. And uh, we, I think part of that, that strength is focus. You know, we've developed a sense of boldness around here that we're going to continue to focus on students and do the things that are strong for, uh, for students and our curriculum and to grow as an institution that's been a part of it. I mean, we're in 900 some odd students, a little bit below that. And, you know, five years ago, we're at 1266 today in total, in total enrollment. And, um, and that comes through people making good choices. Um, I mean, our finance model continues to, to I think, be positive. It's a positive thing for us. We uh, received a, a bond rating, an investment grade bond rating, so we were able to reinvest in the campus, and I think that's been very healthy for our community. Um, SACS 
Um, we had an accreditation process that was uh, extremely positive uh, just, just three years ago, two years ago. And so there's uh, pieces of practical momentum in how we run the business that I think contri cont contributes to the strength. I think the spirit is at the core of it. And I think that rep that goes all the way back to the early beginnings of this place and the people who have brought us forward. But it's because of that spirit that, and the people we hire that keeps us moving, moving forward with the tools to continue to do the job well. So where do you see Barton College in 10 years? You know, I think uh, higher education will continue to, to, to throw some challenges. So I, I don't know that I, I, can, I can name it specifically, but I think uh, growth will continue to be in our, um, uh, in our vision. I think uh, continuing to sharpen, well, let me flip it, Brad, let me say this. Our, our experience 10 years from now should be a uh, reflection of the needs of our community and the environment that we serve. And we've got to continue to do well asking the question, what are the educational needs of the students 10 years from now? And do that today. And we, we've already started doing that in large part. I can tell you decisions that we are making today that will be enacted in the next two to four, three, five years that will be an influence toward the next 10. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I'll just mention some, very, some things very specifically. Uh, the health sciences will continue to influence all of, all of our, our lives and the need to continue to have educated um, workforce that... Um, can serve the needs of all of us to live a healthy life. So nursing and a family nurse practitioner, we're considering we will add a family nurse practitioner program within the next, you know, eight to 10 months, 12 months, as we move into the next, um, the next coming year. Um, we have learned uh, analytics and supply chain management are critical issues as it relates to business and industry. And we are already uh, searching for faculty in, in, uh, to lead an analytics program. We've received a couple of grants and gifts to help to move, to move that forward. So, uh, specific push in, in the world of business, a specific push in, in health sciences, and then recognizing that education, exercise science, criminal justice, I mean, I could name so many programs to provide a fundamental base to, to a great community beyond, and, and we have to continue to serve and serve well. To summarize, I think Barton will continue to reposition itself, and I look around at the, you know, the other, the other institutions that are in, in our, our, our region and, and those in our state and, and our nation, and I believe we have a distinctive proposition, you know, partnerships and innovation that'll continue to raise how we serve our students. And so I see 10 years from now, uh, con uh, a continued repositioning of Barton College with programs and services that serve this region at an, at an optimal level. And I, I named a couple of examples, but in, in the next five to 10 years, we will learn more about, about other programs that will need to be added. Well, President Doug, seriously, thank you so much for your time. It's been great. I've, I've enjoyed it. It's, it's great to share something that we care deeply about here in, at Wilson, in Wilson and at Barton College. It's a, it's a great place to, uh, to work and um, wonderful faculty and staff and students. And we're uh, excited to share that with you and with others. So thank you for asking some of these great questions. Absolutely. Thank you for joining the Plexus Presidential Podcast Series. For more information on the series, please visit us at plexus.com forward slash solutions. Thank you.